0: Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Frederick Studeman, the FT's literary editor, and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. There have been two recent books about the Trump administration that have stood out. Both have shed a damning light on the characters of the man who now occupies the White House. One, Crime in Progress, by two former journalists, Glenn Simpson and Peter Fritch, is a detailed investigation into the president's ties to Russia. The other, called A Warning by an author called Anonymous, describes a presidential entourage and White House stricken with fear and riddled with apologists for Donald Trump. Edward Luce, our chief US national editor, has read both of the books and reviewed them for the FT, and he is here now to discuss what they say and what they reveal. Ed, I think it's fair to say, let's just begin with this that both of these books are hardly friendly to the president. They paint quite an unflattering picture of Donald Trump. So why should we take these books seriously? I mean, is this just more sort of knockdown criticism of the president, or are they actually advancing a serious, credible argument?
1: You rightly highlighted what they have in common, which is that they're not friendly to... President Trump, but in other respects, they're very, very different kinds of books. Crime in Progress by Glenn Simpson and Peter Fritsch, who, it should be emphasized, are founding partners of Fusion GPS, which is the independent investigative outfit in Washington, D.C. that originally commissioned Christopher Steele to produce his infamous or famous Dirty Dossier about Trump's alleged Russia ties. Their book is really a history of their investigations into Trump beginning at the request of the Washington Free Beacon, a very conservative newspaper during the 2016 primaries when other Republicans were watching with increasing alarm Trump's advance in the polls. And so they were originally commissioned by by this conservative paper owned by Peter Singer, a very conservative hedge fund billionaire. They then, after Trump became the nominee, got picked up by Hillary Clinton's campaign, and then continued their investigations ever since. And it's a very compelling book about what they found. Just to highlight one point is their investigation into Trump's finances, the history of his being increasingly spurned by banks as his notorious bankruptcy became better and better known. And his growing ties with Russian money and alleged Russian money laundering in the period before he he began to run for presidency. And, and I emphasize that because Robert Mueller's report, the special counsel's report, avoided the subject of Trump and finance completely. And it's a compelling book just on that, on that alone.
0: Also, for some of our listeners who may not know all the details, just fill in some of the stuff about the context. Christopher Steele, who is he? And what exactly was in this dossier
1: so christopher Steele is a former mi6 officer a russia specialist who after he left mi6 set up his own company in london called orbis and he was commissioned to tap all his russia contacts to see if they knew anything about trump and what he produced was this dossier this is sort of mid-2016 that made all the allegations and inferences with which we are now very familiar and which remain deeply divisive and controversial in American politics he also independently tipped off the fbi to the contents of his dossier so this book deals with all of that and it very much ends where we are now which is not the end of the story but it's it's a pretty comprehensive and because they're former journalists fairly well written Count from then to now with that asterisk that now is not the end of it.
0: Right. And as you said, the special counsel, Muller, chose not to look at these aspects of the story now that we can in the form of this. But do you think it's going to change events on the ground? I mean, we're talking against the backdrop of an impeachment process here.
1: I very much doubt it. I mean, the impeachment process itself, Trump has been impeached, was impeached last week. And in early January, the Senate will conduct a trial in which he will almost certainly be acquitted. It's what I call a showy trial. If you remember the original show trials in 1930s Moscow, innocent people were found guilty by Stalin. This is kind of the opposite. This is a, a president who's clearly guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors, who will almost certainly be found innocent and acquitted. That's a sort of foregone process, I think. But in terms of other cases against Donald Trump and against people around him, like Rudy Giuliani, investigations by the FBI, they're ongoing. And there are many separate investigations, particularly on the New York side of this and on the financial side of this, that are hard to predict where they'll end up.
0: Right. Now, let's turn to the the other. But as you said, it's a different tale, but it does speak to the same ultimate subject and it's as I said it's called a warning and the author goes by the simple name Anonymous and this is a sort of kiss and tell or whatever however one wants to describe it of life inside the White House. What did you learn from reading it?
1: Quite a lot of kiss, not not as much tell as I was hoping for and as people might have been expecting. Anonymous is by his or her own description a senior White House official who originally came to attention when he or she wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about 15 months ago, blowing the whistle, essentially, on the sort of chaos and law-breaking taking place in the Trump administration around the president. And this book is the sort of follow-up. That original article caused huge waves, I think probably more than this book is going to create, because as, as I say, there, there isn't that much 10 in it. We know so much about the Trump administration already. There are so many leaks, Trump does so much in plain view in terms of sort of recommending breaking this law or that law that we are as readers, as observers, really quite unshockable. And I was left pretty unshocked by what was otherwise a very interesting book about how Donald Trump operates and why he's been actually getting more Trumpian as his administration goes on.
0: Give us a flavor of what that is, because I mean not all of our listeners may be so up to speed across all these revelations that have been leaking out of the White House as you are.
1: So he or she talks about how those around Trump have basically they're kind of catatonic. Anyone who's attempted to stop him from doing things that are illegal, or that are highly advised, has by now learned their lesson, that he can't be stopped, but he can be diverted. There was one very famous instance that's mentioned in the book. Gary Cohn, Trump's then economic advisor, simply removed from his desk an executive order, a, a very ill-advised one, ending the US-South Korea Free Trade Agreement. He just simply took it from his desk. Um, another example is that they don't even present him with words. It's not not just that it's sort of been boiled down to one page of bullet points. It's that it's been boiled down to just visuals, just visuals, and should only be one point. And that point should, even if it's against everything Trump believes, should be dressed up as Trump's idea. Now, that is the only way to get things done that, according to Anonymous, are sane, legal and pass some kind of rationality test.
0: Right. I think it's safe to say, I mean, that the president is not best pleased that this person, he or she, is one wrote the op-ed, and I assume the book won't please him either. Will there be some sort of witch hunt or, you know, investigation within the White House to try and flush this person out?
1: There is. Trump has said that this person must be found. I mean, Trump has said that about, you know, the whistleblower in terms of his impeachment. There's a lot of people that Trump is on the hunt for. He hasn't yet found anybody. Partly because I think the system is a sieve. It's so leaky, nothing gets contained, because the people who who would be conducting this witch hunt are themselves probably leaking. So it's not a conventional administration in that respect. I don't think he fears Anonymous too much, though. I don't think it's going to be a mega best-seller. It is, as I say, it's well worth reading, but I don't think it's up there with, you know, Fire and Fury, the Michael Wolf book.
0: Okay, well, thanks, Ed. That's a fascinating account of uh, what is still an incredible story, even though, as you say, so much has already been put out into the public domain. One sense, however, there's still a lot more to come, which will probably see us back in the studio at some point talking about new books and new revelations. But until then, thank you, Ed, and thank you all for listening. You can find a link to Ed's review in our show notes. And don't forget, if you missed our recent episodes on the UK post-election outlook or China's bid to end its reliance on US technology, or how a Malta murder probe is raising alarm bells in Brussels, you can subscribe and listen on all the usual podcast platforms.